Well, it's great to have you guys here. We are, uh, we're in a series called Living Proof. Uh, Living Proof. Uh, what does it look like when God has his thumbprint on your heart and on your life? Uh, like, what does it look like when God's got a hold of you and he's working with you? He's calling you his child and he's taking you along the path. That's what we're looking at. So living proof. And we're coming out of the book of Philippians. Just an awesome book. And uh, many of you know it as the joy book. It is that. A lot more than that in there though. Right? And a ton to learn about what it looks like to allow God to have his way with us. And um, so today, uh, let's get started. Uh, so there's a man. And uh, he wanted to buy his mother a birthday gift. He'd done all the regular gifts. He'd done the sweaters. He'd done the, the uh, dresses. He went out on that limb. If you ever gone out buying dresses in the store? And you're like, I have no idea. What size should she wear? I have no idea. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I did all that. He, he got the necklaces and the jewelry and, and uh, did the gift cards. He'd done all that. But m- mom has been lonely a lot more lately. And you know what? I just, I want to get her that extra special gift, you know? And, uh. So he shopped all over, looked around a ton, and he came up with, he's like, I got it. I'm going to buy mom a talking bird. <laughs> talking bird. This bird's got to be awesome. It's got to keep her company. And so he looked all over. He found the best uh, type of bird and, and got into that. And not only did he find the best type of bird, then he found a bird that was well-trained. Got into this thing with uh, a bird who could speak 4,000 words and multiple languages. This bird was really well-versed. And uh, when you said sentences, it would say sentences back. It's like it was really communicating. It's like, awesome. Uh, that bird was not cheap. And he put thousands of dollars into that bird and, and then had it sent to mom. And uh, the day after her birthday, he called up and he said, so... Did you get the birthday gift? She's like, yes, I did. He's like, so what do you think? She's like, it was delicious. <laughs> purpose. We better understand the purpose or we're going to have a lot of problems in life, right? Uh, today we're talking about living with purpose. And uh, let's make sure we get the big picture of what's going on uh, or tragedy may ensue, right? So purpose, what does it look like to live for Christ? What does it look like to live for him with all out purpose? Uh, we're going to be going to Philippians chapter 1 verse 12. Philippians 1 verse 12. We're going to have the ushers coming forward with Bibles. If you do not have one, just raise your hand and they'll get a Bible to you. All right. Philippians 1 12. Just keep your hand raised. They'll get to you. Purpose. Let's just start with point number one. Make your goal to proclaim Christ. Regardless of the circumstances Make your goal to proclaim Christ uh, Regardless of the circumstances That's point number one It comes right out of verses 12 and on there So let's just start Verse 12 I want you to know brothers That what has happened to me Has really served to advance the gospel So that it has become known Throughout the whole imperial guard And to all the rest of my That my imprisonment is for Christ And most of the brothers have become more confident in the Lord by my imprisonment. In fact, they are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul talking about the purpose, and he starts out, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, here we go, power statement, has really served to. 
has really served to, like, it had an intent. And we better grasp this. How often are we wrestling with something going on in our lives and the sovereign hand of God is moving? And we've talked about this, right? Where God, uh, he either allows and he disallows or he makes happen, right? And so the sovereign hand of God is moving. And yet we're like, yeah, I'd rather just complain about it. I'm not happy with the circumstances and I'm going to let him know. And I'm going to let everybody around me know. And uh, Paul's saying, that's not the plan. The plan is to recognize that God is doing something. What is that? What's he doing in your life? What's he moving in you for? It could be for something within your own life to be growing in. Most likely is. Could be to grow somebody around you as well as you're learning, they're learning. And uh, that was kind of Paul's recognition here. Has really served to. Uh, purpose statement. Everybody say purpose. Man, we're living with purpose. That is our, to be our job. And uh, so has really served to, purpose statement, advance the gospel. Purpose statement. Paul was not like, let me tell you, this prison thing, man, am I comfortable. This is going so well. I just feel so appreciated. Right? That is not what's happening. Purpose statement. Gospel is being advanced. Good news of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? Here's the gospel. Uh, Three words. Him for me. Right? That's how we say it. Him for me. That's the gospel in three words. And and so help me understand that a little better, Tim. Well, it's this. Uh, I stepped on his glory. I did my own thing. I sinned. The Bible uses that term. It's a sports term. It means you missed the mark completely. It's like basketball, shooting an air ball. It's worth zero points. And uh, that's where we stand with God. We've missed the mark. We shot an air ball. We've come short of his glory. And uh, there's a punishment for that. Uh, His wrath upon us, eternal separation. God will make right on his glory. Don't toy with God's glory. And we got a problem in the gospel message is this. uh, We have toyed with his glory. All, every single person. And that's where we stand. And and so now what? Uh, Permanent eternal separation for everyone. That sounds bad. And and God's like, I've got a plan though. My mercy will be revealed. Jesus Christ saying at the cross, I will take on God's wrath for you. Him for me. That's the gospel message. And the mercy that he has for us as he pulls us out of where we belong. And being able to say, that's my glory. Revealed in my mercy, on whom I'll have mercy. The gospel message, wow. Like we have a God who loves us that much. And um, Paul's like, I'm telling you this, I don't care what happens to me as long as that news gets out. May my God be glorified in all I have. Put me in prison, I'm good with it. I don't care. God, you've shown off. Has really, how many times do you see Paul use the word really? You know what I mean? He really served to. It's amazing. Paul's making a point. I'm telling you, I'm sold out for this with all I have to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard. Throughout the whole imperial guard. That means all the boys standing next to him that are watching him in the prison. They're like standing there like this, right? And Paul's laying on the floor next to him in chains and he's like, 
hey, you got a second? Right? And the Imperial Guard guy's like, I do not talk to prisoners. No, dude, I want to talk to you. I'm going to talk. Is that okay? Sorry, can I talk to you? That's fine. Just listen. I'm talking. So look, here's the deal. Do you know why I'm here? I told you I can't talk to you. Right? Like, how's this whole conversation go down? And in the end, Paul's like, I'm here because God rules and Christ is awesome. And, and I'm telling you, I will do anything to let people know how good he is. And here's the story. It's him for me. And the Imperial Guard's like, well, that makes sense. Right? They're starting to bend on this. They're getting it. And now they're talking with each other. That dude is sold out. Oh, you're going to be with Paul today? Oh, you're lucky. He's a little chatterbox. I'm telling you. But you're lucky. And Right? The Imperial Guard knows all about it. In fact, and so do all the rest. It doesn't say exactly all the rest who. All the rest in prison. Probably at least that. All the rest in the area, maybe. Word's getting out. Paul's in prison and he's making the best of it. And God's word is being moved. And it's all the rest that my imprisonment is, get ready, t-shirt statement, for Christ. For Christ. Like if there were two words you were going to live by, pick those two. For Christ, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what I'm saying, no matter where I'm going, it's what? For Christ, purpose statement. Now we're getting it. Paul said, man, I am absolutely here for Jesus Christ and no one else. Not for myself, not for others, not for the church even. Let's be honest, it'll bless the church. But I'm here for my king, that others might know him. And most of the brothers, not all of the brothers, because that's the way church goes. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold. They're now saying, Paul did that? Are are you kidding me? Well, the least I can do is tell my mom about him, right? That's what's going on. Like, I can be a little more bold. I'm going to share a little bit. I'm going to spread the word. And, and what if something happens to me? Maybe I'll be in prison next to Paul. Bring it. They're getting a little more bold. Fine. Jesus Christ glorified. That's what I'm going after. Much more bold to speak the word without fear. I don't care what happens to me. I care what happens to my king and his name. It's not about my comfort. It's about my king. Right? How many times have we said that? It's not about my comfort. It's about my king. Let that one settle into your life. You're going to be amazed how much it'll change things you go after. Wow. How often we have an opportunity to struggle with something and wrestle with something that the greater good might be had. That God might be glorified. And um, you never know when that's going to happen and you never know how it's going to come. And you don't know what you're even called into right at this moment where God's saying, trust me, people around you are going to see some things. And, uh, you know, this last five or six weeks has been a wild ride for our family as we've gone through uh, uh, brain tumor and surgery and all that stuff. And uh, coming out the backside of it, uh, a lot of fears you face and a lot of stuff that's gone on. We were sitting at a steak and shake. I was there with a guy uh, at lunch and a person walked past. Uh, older lady, probably in her late 70s, thereabouts. And as she was walking by, she stopped and she backed up. And she goes, Pastor? 
And I said, yeah, my name's Tim Harkness. I'm with Harvest. And she goes, oh, I know you. (laughs) I've been praying for you. She doesn't go to this church, but she's been praying. Our whole church has been praying for you. I thought you were at home in bed. You're at Steak and Shake. This is great. You're so healthy. My wife's like, oh, Steak and Shake. Seriously. Why are you there? Right. It's a, the bottom line is it doesn't cause tumors. Steak and Shake's a good place to eat. Yeah. <laughs> the word is out that God's doing something. And uh, you know what? Praise God for that. And uh, in a variety of ways and, and whatever he wants to do and make God move. You know what I'm saying? And uh, sometimes he uses the small, sometimes he uses the huge. Always, Lord, may it advance your name and your gospel. And uh, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm telling you this. Your coworkers, they see you and they know what's happening. Your family, they see you and they know what's happening. May God use you to stir the hearts of those around you to be more bold, to share, to be excited about what's going on in your life. That's the challenge here. Let's keep going. He says, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry. Seriously? How does that even happen, right? How do you preach with envy? How does that go down? Well, Paul gives us the answer in just a little bit, so we'll answer it there. But others from goodwill. Well, good. At least a few have it right, right? Uh, The latter do it out of love, Uh, a love for the Lord their God and a love for the neighbor as themselves. Right? They love both vertically and horizontally, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. They long for Paul to be cared for, and they long for Christ to be glorified, and they share the gospel because the gospel is the best good news there is. And, and they love people, and they love their Lord. And he says, the former, well, they proclaim Christ out of a rivalry, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. Are you seeing that? They're like, let's bring the heat up on that boy. So what we're going to do is Jesus is God and, and he died on the cross for your sins. You're making it harder on him over there yet. All right. You need to trust him. And, and I'm telling you, you alone goes nowhere, but you with Christ is everything. And People coming to know him and more buzz about Jesus Christ. And is there heat over here yet? Are you seeing it? They're trying to make it hard on Paul in prison. So they're spreading the truth, the good news of Jesus Christ. They believe the truth. They're not lying, but they're actually bringing it up right then to try to bring heat to him. Everybody say lame. I agree with you. That is pathetic. But he says, to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? What then? Now, if you've read on, you know the answer. But what then? Some of us would be like, get him. Stop him. Paul's answer. uh, Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. I don't care if it gets hotter in here. If the name of Christ is brought out. I don't, I'm not worried about where their motivations are. That's between God and them. If the truth is being brought, great. Bring it. Because God will use that truth. Trust me, the power of God's word is in God and his word. Okay? 
And oftentimes the worst messenger can actually bring the truth in a way that will change someone. And it's because God's word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's because God's spirit is convicting of sin and righteousness and judgment. It's because God works through his word. And they're faithfully sharing his word. They were just hoping the heat would come up. And somebody's telling them, Paul, you wouldn't believe it. I heard them talking at coffee yesterday. And they're saying that they want this to hurt you. And Paul's like, whatever. Bring it on. I rejoice in that. In fact, he says, yes, and I will rejoice. Like, I know you don't believe me, so I'm going to tell you twice. And the second time, I'm going to put the word will in there so you understand that it's absolutely a commitment. I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. I don't care how hot it gets. May my God be shown off. That is what it looks like to celebrate. You know, I love uh, just after Easter, talking to the different senior pastors of the harvest, just catching up, hearing what went on at Easter, hearing what they did, what took place there, and, and uh, the fervor and the passion and the excitement. And, and uh, you know, here we had half a dozen except Christ. We've had, there's a bunch of churches that we watch over. They're called Sending Base. And uh, so there's like 10 churches now that we're kind of helping out with that are harvests and, and uh, just a number of people saved in those churches as well. And people talking about how God was stirring so much. This person who was totally set against Christ and, and, and now they're in tears excited about being saved by him. And uh, wow, the excitement of the gospel moving. And uh, last week we got done with a sermon, the service at 11 o'clock. So it was like 1230 and and uh, we had somebody come up, a uh, young guy, and he just said, it's got to change. I don't know what, but it's got to change today. Can you help? Uh, softball pitch right there, right? Like, if you don't jump on that one, you missed it, right? And so we sat down and we talked through some things. And I said, hey, look, here's the deal. There's, there's helping in the immediate and, and we could talk through how to talk to people, how to handle. And I'm great with that. We can get there. But, but bigger than that is eternity. Can we handle that first? Yeah, sure. And so we walked through the gospel message. And, uh, and he stopped at the end and he goes, I haven't done that. I haven't said, God, you're mine and I'm yours. Uh, do you want to do that now? Let's do it now. And so he accepted Christ sitting like third row, fourth row. And uh, God's stirring in this place. And gospel message moving. And everything will be about our king lifted up. And know this, America's comfortable. And uh, that's not the battle cry. It is not get comfortable. It is make sure Jesus Christ is lifted up center stage. All right? And so the simple question for you is this. How are you doing at proclaiming? How are you doing at proclaiming Christ? Um, Oftentimes we can um, mess up. We can miss it. Uh, he says here, Christ is proclaimed. Are you living your life where you're like, I'm living it good. I'm living it moral. And I, and I hope they catch it. And they're like, I don't know. The guy's either a super nice moral guy. Uh, maybe he's gotten into one of those religions. Do they know it's Christ proclaimed? Do you hear it? You're going to have to put some words to that bad boy sometime. There's a point where you're going to have to say who you're aligned with. And are you aligned with Jesus Christ? 
then let them know. And find that way. Find that sometimes they pitch you the softball. When they tell you a problem and a struggle that's going on and it makes it easier to lean in with them and just say, hey, here's where I'm at. Can I tell you a little bit about what I'm experiencing and and give some hope in, right? And sometimes you need to even just figure out, maybe you don't know where they're at. And so you come in and you're pitching softballs back the other way. Man, did we have an awesome experience yesterday at church. God was moving huge and see what they do and see how they respond and Ease in with your conversations and find out where they're at. We call it red apple, green apple, right? Red apple is God got them ripe to it. I mean, when they come up saying, I need something to change. That's where you touch the tree and the apple falls. Ripe. And, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're in a spot where they're wrestling with self and they're excited about self. And, and, and hearing it is just sowing some seed. And be faithful. It's not that every time should turn someone to Christ 100%. It's that God's moving and stirring. You know, we hear it said uh, seven to ten times is what somebody needs to hear any truth, gospel truth part of it, before they can really lock in and accept it. Seven to ten times. So be thinking through, God, where, how? Help me proclaim you. Not just be a good guy. Not just be a woman who seems to be very moral. Lord, I want to proclaim your name. All right? And I'm not sure even how to proclaim their name, Tim. All right. We've told this before, but write these verses down. Uh, Romans 3.10. And next to that, you can just write, stepped on his glory. Romans 3.10 and 3.23, both of those together. Stepped on his glory. We do our own thing. And everybody's in that bucket for all, right? And those two verses go together real nice. They're right on the same page, usually in your scripture. 3.10, That's the problem. So what's the solution? Uh, Romans 6.23 solution. And uh, so notice there's two parts to the solution. Uh, a as for the wages of sin is death, right? And so God has a plan and, and his wrath poured out is part of the solution. All right. My glory will not be stepped on and wrath. And then the second part, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and mercy. And both of those are going to be on display. And, and so there's a choice to be had. And right, that's where it's at. It's wrath and mercy. And, and that's where we're at. Well, that gift of Jesus Christ, eternal life, that sounds awesome. How do I get that? Right? And then it's Romans 10, 9. Believe and confess. Believe and confess. That's putting some flesh on it. How do I do it? And confess him as Lord, it says. Like, you're in charge in my life. You've got me, Lord. That's what it looks like to proclaim him. Make sure you're ready to be able to share some verses like that. These aren't the only four. Uh, we keep going back to these four because they're easy to remember. They're all in one book. You can bounce between them real quickly. Uh, there's a lot of other verses you can go to, but I'm telling you this. The clarity is we've hurt, we've stepped on, we've demanded. His glory becomes my glory. It'll be all about me. And uh, there's payment for that, the wrath. But God offers mercy. There can be forgiveness. And it requires belief and confession, him being your God. Uh, That's not, okay, if you want to do that thing for me, you can. And now I'm going to go do my own thing. That's not saved. Saved. Like, you're in charge. Be ready to proclaim that gospel at all costs. Make sure that Christ is lifted up and he says, and be ready to serve the advance of the gospel, right? 
proclaiming. It's a great privilege. You never have any idea how it's going to come down or when it's going to come down, but uh, God can use you mightily. All right. Point number two, live for Christ. So the first one is proclaim Christ. Now live for Christ on earth, helping others grow in heaven, worshiping forever. Live for Christ on earth, helping others grow in heaven, worshiping forever. Verse 19, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Are you hearing Paul? God will release me. Bold statement. I believe I'm going to get out and more things are going to happen. And uh, now he goes on. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed. Let that one settle for a little. Paul's like, I'm going to get out. Think. I hope. My eager expectation and hope are that I won't be made to look like a fool because I've been pumping this. And I need to be careful because I'm making it all about me getting out. And can you hear him back in the truck up just a little bit? You hear it? He's wrestling. Have you ever been in a spot where your struggle has been so high profile that you needed to be careful what you even proclaimed? Because you better be ready to live what you're saying, hypothetically. He says, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. He just turned a corner. I want you to understand that I believe God's going to release me. But if he does not, and it ends up death, so be it. Courage. My king will have his way. And my God will be glorified. And I don't know what he'll do with that. But he'll do something with that. And I'm excited about what he's going to do. Courage. Now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. You know, uh, you guys may have heard this. Jana had brought this out when we were talking to you before, but there was a phrase we were using. Matt Chandler kind of locked it down on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the phrase goes like this. My God can, my God will, and even if my God does not. Okay, that's how we walk this world. My God can, my God will, and even if my God doesn't. And we believe we understand where he's moving and working. Be careful that you claim those wills based on scripture and what you see of his promises. But my God can, my God will, and even if my God doesn't. And uh, what's the whole point there? Uh, yes, he has the ability. Uh, yes, he has the desire and the knowledge and the power. But he also has a bigger understanding of this world than I do. And if he chooses something better, I get it and I leave it in his lap. Even then. Even then. And that's what Paul's saying, whether by life or by death. No matter which way you call me, God, I know you've got it in hand, your glory. Now here goes the power statement. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Like, I'm here to serve him and anything I can do to see others coming to know him and more worshipers celebrating him. And man, when I get home to heaven and the pain is done and the perfection begins, 
Bring it on, man. Now that's what I'm talking about. For to me, live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Uh, Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Are you hearing it? And it's important we hear that processed. Look, God can use me here for you all. This is what he's saying. God can use me for you all. And you might be growing through my efforts in your life, and I'm good with that. And and if you're going to ask me which is better, well, I think I choose the no pain plan, right? I'm going for perfection. That's what I desire. And and um, all right, so let's talk about that for a second. What is with this for to me live as Christ and to die as gain? And uh, just imagine being the guys who are going against Paul. And you're like, we're going to whip you for to me to live as Christ. We're going to. We're going to thrash you and stone you and live in his Christ, baby. All of his name, all the more. And uh, fine, we're going to kill you. And to die is gain. Bring it. And like, how do we get to this guy? Right? And, and Satan is like, take him down. Remember when he was like taken on the shipwreck journey, right? He's on his missions trip and the shipwreck occurs. And, and Paul's soaking wet and tired and hungry and and cold is all get out and so he grabs some logs and he puts them together to light a fire remember this and he's trying to heat himself up and a poisonous snake jumps out and bites him right is that not one of those moments where you're allowed to say to god seriously oh come on i'm doing everything for you man and really like missions trip and boats and i'm seasick i didn't even have my dramamine and now we crash and, and now this and I'm stung by a snake and I'm supposed to die and everybody's looking at me weird now and seriously? And have you ever been in one of those moments? Like seriously, this sickness now or really you're doing this with my job? Come on! And be careful. In that moment, God had him stung by or bit by a snake so that he could show that God was with him because nothing happened and cause of the gospel was advanced you hear what i'm saying perspective for to me to live is christ to die is gain the toughest people in all of the world should be believers how come them sometimes the biggest whiners wrong expectation watch out make sure we are always saying lord your name all right He says, my desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is better. Question, is this like, I'm just going to use a word here. It's a harsh word. Is this suicidal? Like, we better understand how to put this in context. Is this suicidal? And the answer is no. There's a big difference. What's the difference? Look, this boy has his head screwed on straight. And he understands what's going to be better than pain. No pain. What's going to be better than seeing through a glass dimly? Seeing Christ as he is. He's got a full proper grasp of the perfection and the glory and the awesomeness and the satisfaction. What what gives then was saying I'd rather die? Here's what gives. He's not saying, and I will take it in my own hands. He's saying that's in God's hands. And whatever he calls me to and through, 
That's where I stand. Suicidal is I take it in my hands. Here he's saying, I have proper perspective and Lord, I'm letting you work in whatever you want done. I clearly see where the glory and perfection is at. But if you call me here for a moment, I'm in. If you call me here for a season, I'm on it. May you be glorified in anything you call me through to advance the cause of the gospel in your name. That's what he's talking about. All right. Clear enough. Everybody say clear. Clear enough. We're in. All right. It's a big deal. We better grasp this. All right. He says, but I remain in the flesh and it's more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, for your progress and joy, growth, sanctification, them looking more like Christ. That's why Paul was there. That he might grow to look more like them and that they might grow to look more like them. It says, so that in me, you may have ample cause to glory in Christ. Ample cause to glory in Christ. What a phrase. Ample cause. I want you to understand the great gift that God is giving you as we all together as a body pour in together. That's what he's saying. May we together lock arms together and grow together in him. And have ample cause to celebrate God in his glory for all that he's doing in us. And then he says, specifically because of my coming to you again, I will be released and we will be doing some celebrating, right? So uh, I just wrote these things down. To live is Christ, to die is gain. So uh, how does the world butcher those phrases? Top three ways that phrase is butchered, okay? Are you ready? So to live is Christ, to die is gain. Here we go. First one, the world statement. To live is me, and to die is a bummer, right? Like it's all about life here, and it's all about me. And and I want it to be celebrating me and lifting me up, and my job, and my title, and my comfort, and my me, 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 me. And man, when death happens... A lot of tears shed. What a bummer. The world's view. The youth's view. High schoolers, early college. To live is exciting. Right? YOLO! (laughs) For those of you who have college or high school kids, you're like, I know what that means. It means you only live once. YOLO! It's the battle cry. YOLO! To live is exciting! To die is not even considered. Now think about how you live when that's true for you, right? The rashness, the impetuousness, the wildness as you run around trying to experience the deep of life and the exciting of life. And there is no nothing worth uh, avoiding because all of it's exciting. And right, you're going to be amazed how filling in these blanks affects how you live your life. Last one here to live is the American dream, like health, wealth, prosperity, Home, job, comfort, right? To live is the American dream and to die, well, that's a nightmare. To live is the American dream, to die is a nightmare. I put these together just thinking this week, we as a staff talked about them a little bit on Tuesday. Check this out though. I think what happened is the church in America, specifically in America, has adopted a mix and it has quickly become 
To live is the American dream. Comfort. To die is gain. It's a mix. To live is Christ. To die is gain is what it's supposed to be. We drop the Christ. We make it me here on earth. But once I get to heaven, then it'll be all about him. To die is gain. And so what we're doing is it's really become this big giant me world thing. It's going to be me here on earth and it's going to be even better there. And be very careful. Think about where you're at. What have you adopted as your battle cry? Now think of yourself in your last tough struggle. Uh, Maybe it's with kids in your home. Maybe it's with uh, extended family. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's in the church. Uh, Maybe it's a health thing. But as you struggled with it, how did you fill in that blank? What was most important? To live is... Really think about it. And to die is... Make sure you get your arms around this. How are you living? Now, whatever it is, it's time to set that down and pick up the purity of to live as Christ. To die is gain. I can't wait for him to be celebrated in my life. And if that's here on earth, great. And if that's in heaven, great. But my king will have his way. May my God be glorified. I'm listening, Lord. Sometimes this is found with the image of the carpet on your knees. As you are on your knees, hands in the air, tears coming down your face, wrestling with, it must be done. I'm done with letting this thing be all about me. And Lord, you, whatever you want. I'm telling you, those are more purifying than you could ever imagine. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Living all out for him. So first, be ready to proclaim him. Second, be ready to live for him with all you've got. Third, strive side by side without wavering. It sends a message from God. Strive side by side without wavering. It sends a message from God. Here we go. He says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Uh, Just so you know, in the original language, this was actually using a single word, this life manner uh, worthy. It was a single word, and it meant live as a citizen. In fact, behave as citizens worthy. All right? Why is that a big deal? It was a battle cry of Rome. As they took over cities, they would teach this word to these cities. And Philippi was one of those cities that was proud to be a Roman city. And they took on that battle cry, behave as citizens worthy. It meant of Rome. Paul now took it and said, you behave as citizens worthy of the kingdom of our king, Jesus Christ. Powerful. Live life in a manner worthy of the gospel. Hey, Jesus Christ laid it all on the line. Our forgiveness can be modeled in his forgiveness. Our sacrifice can be modeled in his sacrifice. Our servant-hearted leadership, right? not demanding that I get all the attention, but demanding that things be right as we move in a servant way, Jesus Christ modeled it. Jesus Christ and his gospel message and how we can live worthy of that. Make sure you're living for it with all you've got. Now he gives us the how. He says, uh, standing firm in one spirit, With one mind, 
striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Three things. So standing firm in one spirit. That's like we all have the same goal and the same passion. I can't wait. And uh, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Your spirit, your mind, and your actions locking arm in arm. Striving side by side. And uh, hey, you heard Pastor Steve talking about Compassion Day coming up. And uh, we've already got a couple hundred signed up. You do not want to miss this day. Hundreds of people celebrating who our king is and taking his name to the streets. Sometimes just fixing up gardens for a place like Teen Challenge or whatever. Sometimes it's uh, helping clean things up or paint things up. Getting involved, locking arms, striving side by side that the message of God might be carried forward. He's alive. He's real. We believe in him and we're excited about him and we love to share of him. And it's okay if in some places the gospel is absolutely clear. And in other cases, it's an inroad. It's a starting point. And that's what Compassion Day is. It's reaching all over these communities. We have 35 plus communities and we're trying to reach out to as many places as we can and see what God can do. Let's watch him work through this. And if you're not a part of it yet and signed up, get signed up. Start talking to your family, figuring it out, and make it happen. You want to be in on this, all right? Striving side by side, not frightened, this is the negative side, in anything by your opponents. This is like when they say, you know, the laws in America might change. And if you share Jesus Christ, you could go to prison. Bring it. Right? You know... You're not going to be able to live that way anymore. And if you do, you might actually have some mockery from your friends. Bring it. Don't let them mock you because you're weird. Let them mock you because you're standing for Christ, all right? If you truly are weird, you need to adjust some things, okay? And and we're good with that, right? We've already talked about we have some weirdness in all of us, so go after it, all right? And if people are like, dude, that's a little weird what you're doing there, and it really is weird, address that, okay? But if you're sharing Christ and they're like, I don't want to hear about that Jesus thing. That's nonsense. It is nonsense to the world. Share it and bring it. It's amazing how God tears the veil away as you just boldly stand for him. Let God have his way with you as you just say, bring it. Here's what I love. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. Salvation and that from God. Saved by the Almighty King. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in Him but also suffer for His sake. Let that one settle for a moment. This is the way Paul closes Romans or Philippians chapter 1. Uh, you are granted, God giving you, the permission to uh, believe and suffer. Can somebody please explain to me where this health, wealth, and prosperity gospel keeps coming from? It is clearly not from the word of God or parts of it only where we refuse to look at the rest. I'm telling you this clear message call. Um, Believe in Jesus Christ and you are going to have eternal perfection with him. He'll be moving you along the way, glorifying and transforming you. But know this, suffering will be a part of the call. Wow, Tim, that's really a, that's a heck of a sales message there. Come, come be with us and suffer. And uh, 
I'm telling you, that's a biblical message. And understanding that God leans in in sufferings in various ways to get the word out and advance the gospel. You will be amazed how people wake up under pain, but they don't wake up under prosperity. And God's aware of that. And so we are moved. And here's what he calls us as a body to do. You lock arm in arm. And I'm telling you this. I'm going to walk you through exactly what I walk the world through. But in you, it's going to look different. There's going to be hope in you. There's going to be joy in you. There's going to be a peace in you. Because my God can. My God will. And even if my God doesn't. May my God be glorified. And as he shows you off to this world, it's amazing how the world starts waking up to him. The message cry that we have is this. It is not ease and comfort. It is a king who's got a plan. And he's getting the word out about his greatness. And he's calling you to your knees. And he's calling you to belief. And he's calling you, yes, at times to even suffer for his name. Suffer. That our God might be shown off. Now, don't go off the deep end. We have an unbelievably blessed, merciful God as well. And so he treats us and walks along with us with greatness. But I'm telling you, we have an amazing king. And that's the perspective we need to have. God, what are you doing to get the word out? It's all about you. You hearing it? It's all about you. Whether I'm in high school and I'm picking classes and I'm deciding where I should go with my my social events and my sporting events and my or I'm in college and I'm trying to figure out where to head or I'm looking to get married or I am married and we need to work on a few things or or hey, we've got some kids and they're running a little amok and I need some parenting help and whatever you're working through that God's called you to for Christ for to live is Christ. And to die is gain. As you hold your hands high for him and say, Lord, it's always you and you alone. It is nothing about my comfort and everything about you as king. I cannot wait to see what you do in me, around me, through me for you. God, I'm on my knees. Now what? For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's all about Christ. It's all about who? It's all about who? It's all about who? With everything we've got. Nothing else distracting us. Our King glorified. Let's pray.